0: End quote. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jen. This is Becky. And this is Too Close to Home, Ghost Edition. Woo! Very Scooby-Doo.
1: <laughs> Very mystery uh, mobile.
0: I am super stoked about today's stories. Uh, we'll start off with Becky's. And of course, we didn't. She didn't. I didn't know what she was going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Turns out I've been there and it's Ooh. cool. So I'm excited. Let's do
1: this. Yeah, because you don't know any of the history of it. So now you get to learn a little bit. Oh my
0: gosh, it's so exciting. I feel like a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there, guys. Don't worry.
1: So I'm going to start with like a brief little like synopsis of everything. And then we're going to go into some details about them. This is this little synopsis is off the website for the Crescent Hotel, where you can still stay. Spend the night in the haunted Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas which opened in 1886 as a resort for the rich and the famous, but quickly became unmanageable and fell into disrepair. In 1908, it reopened as the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. The Institute closed down in 1924 and then reopened again in 1930 as a junior college. Then it closed again in 1934 and the Crescent was leased as a summer hotel. During construction, a worker named Michael was killed and his ghost reportedly still haunts room 218. So when we go...
0: 218. 218. Check and check.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the hotel came under ownership of known medical fraud, Norman Baker, in 1937, who fancied himself a doctor. He turned the hotel into the Baker Cancer Hospital, claiming to have the cure for the disease, which he obviously did not.
0: It's like makes me think of Tammy Fay Baker. Maybe they're related. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brother and sister. <laughs> Patients who died under his care were buried right in the hotel's basement. Ooh. So, just so you know, there's a whole bunch of dead bodies in the basement when you were there.
0: So, definitely no Ouija board because you're not supposed to do it in a graveyard.
1: Oh, okay. Then, definitely not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Leaving the baby Ouija board at home that time.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was arrested in 1940. But his spirits of the patients are said to still remain. Because the hotel is still open, guests often say they see apparitions and hear noises during their stays. And uh, Ghost Hunters even has some footage of some movement in there. There's a bunch of um, shows that have gone there. It's claimed to be the most haunted hotel in the United States. Oh, yeah. It's on a bunch of shows. So at the opening, the Eureka Springs Time's Echo on May 20th, 1986 read as follows. With the opening of the grandiose Crescent Hotel, Eureka Springs entered a new and exciting era. Notables from afar arriving in our fair city and soon many others will follow. The Crescent, built by the Eureka Springs Improvement Company and the Fresco Railroad, is America's most luxurious resort hotel. Featuring large, airy rooms comfortably furnished, the Crescent Hotel offers the visiting vacationer, Unmatched in convenience and service. Tonight's gala ball will find in attendance many of the leaders in business and society. As a guest of honor, the Honorable James Blaine, the Republican presidential nominee, will be attending with his charming wife, Laura. The very popular Harry Barton and his orchestra will play for tonight's festivities. In the grand volume of the Crescent, the opening banquet for the 400 celebrants, will be followed by a dedication ceremony where the Honorable Mr. Blaine will be the guest speaker.
0: I just want to make note that that was Jimmy's fault this time.
1: It was. That's why I rolled my eyes.
0: Not us. (laughs) (laughs) We're not the ones ruining quality today, Jimmy.
1: (laughs) Uh, The hotel was built at a cost of $294,000, which is a lot of money back in 1986. Two years prior um, to 1986 to 1984 is when they decided to Build the hotel. Powell Clayton and his associates chose the site. It was 27 acres at the north end of the West Mountain. The commissioning architect was Isaac Taylor. It was such a big undertaking that they had to make special wagons to carry the large pieces of magnesium limestone from the quarry site on the White River near Beaver.
0: Wouldn't that be the kind of stone that would hold the energy of ghosts better? Like, isn't there certain stones? Um, that...
1: We're getting to that. Oh, mm, snap. But I can tell you've been watching your ghost hunters. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> a lot of dude bros. Bro! do you hear that dude? <laughs> so because of the uh, magnesium limestone, it wasn't something that people built with often. So a lot of people didn't know how to cut it, how to do whatnot. They had to bring in a group of specialists from Ireland to work with the stone. Snap. And Mr. O'Shaughnessy, I'm probably O'Shaughnessy, I don't know.
0: Shaughnessy?
1: Sure. (laughs) I'm sure I'm messing it all up. (laughs) Looks like a a mix between Sean, S-H-W-N, and Hennessy. So, Shaunessy. We're going to go with that. Yeah, there we go. Because the end part looks like Hennessy. <laughs> <So. laughs> how ghetto are you? <laughs> On a scale of zero to ten, I'm a nine. <laughs> Into that Henny. <laughs> <laughs> the spokesman, he was the spokesman and the leader for the imported group. He said throughout the many years of his stoneworking, he had never encountered a stone with such density and quality as the White, white River Limestone. The walls were going to be 18 inches thick. That's how thick and big this stone was fitted with the use of mortar and it would withstand the destructive forces of time and retain its original beauty for many years to come. And it is still standing and looking good. Yeah. At least from the pictures, the magnificent structure was furnished in the most exquisite manner. It was lighted with Edison lamps furnished with electric bells. Heated with steam and open grates had a hydraulic elevator.
0: When I was there, we were, It was like a regular ass elevator, I think. But everything was, like, if you took out people just walking in there, took them out and took a picture, you would think you were back in that age. Oh, really? There really isn't a whole lot of, like, you might see the computers. And then, like, I guess it was a bank at one time or something.
1: I didn't find that, but who knows? It could have been.
0: They're either teller spots or whatever. It's, like... That's the check-in and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's really neat. But it's so opulent. Like,
1: I could see that. It sounds really beautiful. And the pictures I've seen were. It just gives you that creepy vibe just looking at oh, it. Oh, shit, yeah. It's so it's old. Like,
0: it's like The Shining, but minus the 70s. You just throw it back a little bit further. <laughs> and it's like, ooh, I could feel, I could feel the ectoplasm.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet you could. Well, before we started, Jennifer said there was a lot of cats there. So let me give you a little history of the cats. Yay. There have been many cats that walked the halls. Um, They said there's just something like cats are just like drawn to it. And um, they had a particular cat that he was an orange tabby named Morris. He walked into the lobby and stayed for 21 years. He became a fixture of the Crescent and he was referred to as the general manager. (laughs) This cat became the cat of not only the hotel, but also the community. A lot of residents recount. They said you couldn't go there without seeing him. And they actually ended up, it says, today visitors can step outside to the east lawn area and see Morris's headstone. His photo and remembrance home, Grace Our Lobby.
0: Oh, I didn't go down there to go look at that. I didn't yeah. know. I- but in the lobby, there is like a little cat door and
1: everything. <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, they talk about it, and they still have like random ass cats that just wander about, and they they let them. I guess they're I mean,
0: like it keeps the 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 mice away. So sure,
1: and maybe spirits too.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're like spirit indicators, like they looking up in the corner with nothing there. Maybe you should leave the room. <laughs> let them have a moment.
1: <laughs> so, I didn't see too much about anything creepy or haunted going on or eerie when it was the colleges but where all the real like bad juju comes to this place is when it became the cancer center Mm -hmm. i'm going to tell you one particular story about a gentleman and his wife and then we're going to talk about uh homeboy a little bit so in the spring of 1930 john tunis's wife lula was dying of cancer it is private moments john would beg god to not take his wife and would curse him for letting her suffer such a cruel end by the end of may lula was running out of time john placed her and their dwindling hopes in the hands of a man named norman baker they prayed he could prove the cure that the medical establishment could not norman baker was the founder of the baker institute he was a flamboyant medical maverick with the new cure for cancer He was always dressed in a white suit and a lavender tie. He owned a radio station, and which had the letters of KTNT, which stood for Know the Naked Truth. He's very woke. Very. Oh, just wait. He's... I could... I could
0: in my head i could see him with the, like the white suit maybe a dark tie in the straw hat you know what yes I
1: mean? walking around talking about he knows their thing <laughs> he would fit perfectly in this time of our woke generation yeah. let me just tell you he took the airways he declared because he was also a radio personality of course um he took the airways and de- declared war on big business and the american medical association he believed that organized medicine was corrupt and chose profits over patients He preached the gospel of alternative medicine and he was the self-proclaimed champion of the common man against the ownership class. And he was on Tunis, John and Lula's side and he had the cure. Okay. Keep in mind. He was filthy rich too. We'll get into how he earned all of his money. It is doubtful that John and Lula knew much about the background of this man. He was a former magician who also traveled around and did um, mind reading with his first wife. (laughs) So he started as a machinist. Then he saw a traveling act for like mind readers. So he became a mind reader. He
0: just joined the circus.
1: Then he turned inventor. And then he turned millionaire businessman. And then he became a radio host. And then he became a cancer doctor.
0: Which I feel like you're missing a lot of years there. (laughs) of education to be a cancer doctor
1: and yeah there's not a lot of time for all those careers so what you're telling me is it's very similar to the facebook doctors who know the cure for covid and how to treat it and okay yeah that's i read a pamphlet one time and i know that was the vibe that i got too (laughs) (laughs) where was i at see i lost my place talking shit okay (laughs) okay They couldn't have known that Norman's magic elixir, air bunnies there, people, was nothing more than a useless mix of watermelon seed, brown corn silk, alcohol, and carbolic acid. But this was the cure for cancer, y'all. So if you want to go whip some up, there's a recipe right there at your house. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. (laughs) Pledge your donations to us. We're giving you the cure. (laughs) Just pledge them, okay? Too close to home podcasts. <laughs> 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 they clearly didn't know that all Norman Baker had to offer was an excruciating pseudo-treatment and betrayal of their last home. But they learned. <laughs> John Tunis would later testify in court against Norman Baker. And he would say, she took the needle treatments. She told me it was awful that five or seven needles a day were stuck into her. And they would hold them there until the medicine ran out. She said it didn't do much good. Said she wanted to go home. That she was getting worse. She was in terrible shape when she left the Baker Institute and went down in bed right away. Lula was dead by Christmas. Damn. Yeah, he was a he was a saint, man. That's my new favorite
0: holiday song, though. Dead by Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Norman, Mister Doctor Baker would. Whatever the hell you want to call him. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He bought and paid for a biography about himself called Doctors, Dynamiters, and Gunmen.
0: And I bet you that was real neutral. Not at all. Uh,
1: (laughs) It was, 100%. (laughs) The author, Alvin Winston, wrote, this is an inspirational book for young and old. A fact story of how a man fought his enemies, how he faced gunmen, dynamiters, and enemy doctors. How he fought the medical racket, the radio trust, the aluminum trust. And I thought others. you were about to
0: say Illuminati, and I was like, God damn, he's doing everything. <laughs> and he did
1: it for you. Oh my God. There is just n-
0: saying he is. Thanks, Mr. Dr. Baker.
1: <laughs> there has never been a book prepared so carefully. This makes it the most important book ever written. Read the life story of Norman Baker. The greatest man, one man battle ever fought. I tried to find it on Amazon to read it. Couldn't find it. (laughs) (laughs) Must not been that great. Just kidding. I didn't want to read that garbage.
0: (laughs) Was it a New York Times bestseller? We'll never know.
1: (laughs) We won't. I'll pass. (laughs) That was how Norman Baker wanted the world to see him. As a crusader who fought to protect the common man against exploitation. Because he was woke. <laughs> but behind the mask of humanitarianism was a man who leached off the sick and dying to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we're going to skip some of that. Cause I'm like, mm. so there was so much information about him and I got so bored reading about it. Cause I was like, you just irritate me. <laughs> so
0: I'm sure you've met um, doctors like this guy though. Who
1: thought they were we all? the, Bees knee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they could just, they know everything. Like I said, his background started with him working as a machinist, and he would travel town to town making tools. This is when he was in town where he's seen a mind reader, and he met a woman named Teresa, and they traveled doing these shows for four years. And then one day he was tinkering in his brother's garage, and he actually created the Air Caliphone. Do you know what that is? No. I'm going to, as soon as I show you a picture, you'll know what it is. It's a type of organ and they use it. Think of like the big organs that you see in like movies uh-huh. um, at churches. Right. Or at the circus. Because here you go. Here's a picture of it at the circus. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So he created the air one.
0: Oh, really?
1: It used to be hydraulic, I think, or run off steam or something. And he created where it just runs off air. That's where he got most of his money. Yeah. <laughs> He sold the first one for $500, which today is about $10,000. Damn. Yeah. And he made and sold these until oh, I I skipped this part. He also decided to open up a art correspondence class um school. I'm sorry, not a class, a school where he would teach people how to be better artists, but he was not an artist himself nor did he <laughs> have any art capabilities. <laughs>
0: I'm going to teach you what I don't know. Yes. <laughs> so
1: once again, just a con man. Like, Did
0: he send out like the pamphlets, like the little envelopes where like, can you draw this there? Like the artist. That's institute. where they came from. Did it really? No, no. I'm oh, <laughs> just being smart I mean, like,
1: I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, He went on to do many other jobs. And then he decided this is when he was going to attack the medical community. He just like decided one day, you know what? I don't think they know what the fuck they're doing. But I do. <laughs> I
0: do. You, you know me. I can make a fancy organ.
1: What I do. These can doctors all. know. Nothing exactly. apparently. Nothing. He decided to publish an article in the December 1929 issue of the new magazine TNT that related his findings. He asserted that using aluminum products, especially alum- aluminum cooking utensils, cause cancer, which people still um, hold steadfast by that. Except for the people who like to wear the hats. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I wonder if those are the same people that say, like, the aluminum and the deodorant and in the cooking stuff causes cancer. Because, you know, people still say that shit. That's true. Like <laughs> he did, you know, that legacy is holding strong. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, very strong. A thousand years later, because that was 1929. This is 2022. It's almost been a thousand. No, a hundred years. Jesus Christ, Becky, get your life together. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything.
0: I was like, Jimmy can edit that later. <laughs>
1: He warned that cancer was not curable through operation, radium, or x-ray, which they were doing that, you know, drink radium, and that shit wasn't right. the right answer either. His new cure used none of these. He referred to surgeons as cutters. Norman's cure was non-surgical. Again, it was a series of injections. These injections would eat the cancer without harming the surrounding tissue. And the public could rest easy, knowing that there was somebody out there that could cure cancer without carving them up. So you're welcome, world. You're welcome. (laughs) There was only one problem. All his patients died. (laughs) That's a little, just a tiny hitch. Just a tiny one. So the first one passed on November 25th, and the December TNT hit the newsstands anyway, with the front page proclaiming cancer is cured over a smiling picture of Baker and two associates. Three days after Christmas, his second patient died. The third and fourth patients died in January and February. In March, Norman reprinted the December issue detailing the miraculous recovery of his five patients. They saw dead, but he told them.
0: They miraculously recovered in heaven.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They were cured of cancer when they went to heaven. Yes. So, I mean, was he lying or was he just <laughs> twisting the truth? <laughs> He's making it work for him. <laughs> In May of 1930, the last test patient died and Norman reprinted the TNT issue again without changing a word. <laughs> so he's printed it three times about how he is curing everybody. Everybody. cure for you. He's Oprah. Got one for you. <laughs> I got one cure. for you. You get a cure. i get a cure. Yep. He acquired the cure from Oz, Oz's, O-Z-I-A-S, y'all, you guys can probably pronounce it better than me. In January of 1930 and opened the Baker Institute, the formula was the true solution in the formula was uh, glycerin, carbolic acid, alcohol, which was mixed with tea brewed from watermelon seed, brown corn syrup, and clover leaves.
0: Yeah. basically shit that he got up out of his yard or something?
1: Yeah. Maybe some old spices left in the cupboard.
0: Yeah, fuck it. Let's do
1: it. Put a little dash in this. Nobody's ever felt that
0: after a watermelon.
1: Yeah, exactly. And alcohol. Yeah, That'll make me feel real jolly. Put them together and you have Hunch Punch. Cancer who? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, he left a lot of evil juju there. Left a lot of dead people there. A lot of spirits, I'm sure, are from that. So some of the most proclaimed, famed tales include Room 218, where Michael, the Irish Stone's... Man fell to his death when building the hotel. He's known to hang out there. Oh, nice. Which, I love me an Irishman. So, Mm -hmm. Michael, let's get together when we come.
0: (laughs) Just talk to me, babe.
1: We'll bring some Guinness. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Tell us all the tales. Theodora, she's a cancer patient who's known to be seen fumbling for her keys outside room 419, as well as tidying up for the guests when they leave the room. So, you know. We didn't stay in four nineteen. Listen, coming in solid.
0: Is. Yeah, you got turned down, turn down service
1: from beyond. <laughs> this one, uh, Brecky, is a four-year-old child of uh, Richard and Mary Breckenridge Thompson, who died in the hotel due to complications from appendicitis. He's often seen throughout the hotel bouncing a ball. I'm not really down for kid ghosts; they freak me out <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, Brecky, you can just. Stay in your room like you're supposed to. Stay in your
0: lane, brother. Don't I, visit us. I don't you don't need to operate
1: nowhere. Nope. Dr. John Fremont Ellis, the hotel's in-house doctor, circa the late 19th century, is most often seen, or his cherry pipe tobacco is smelled near his office, which is now room 212. So see, if we go stay in 218 and see Michael, we can stop by the doctor's room just a few rooms down, 212. Yeah. No
0: cutters around here. Just good old doctors with alcohol.
1: <laughs> That's right. Morris, the famed hotel cat, is also known who was the general manager, uh, who's buried on the property is regularly seen in her too. Morris, you can come out and hang out too.
0: You know, just no what pet cemetery kind of cemetery fucks me up about that shit. Is like what I don't know if I saw an orange cat. What if that was actually a ghost? Shit. Oh shit. Yeah. How do I know if it's a cat or a ghost? I don't know. They <laughs> They don't wear could clothes you, to period it, you know. Could you see through him? No, I I don't think I could. You but know See, it's you foggy. weren't
1: thinking there was gonna be a ghost cat. Nah, nah. I could have just been like, it's bright out here. It just looks like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was Morris. He we was just hanging out <laughs> saying what's up. I seen the ghost, y'all. He was good though. He was he's chill. Yeah,
0: um, those cats are living their best fucking life there though. Like, they they were out there sunning, like they went through the little door and they're laying on the back patio. People, of course, are visiting and stuff. And they're just like, oh, my God. Living like, their they're little gods, you know, like a miniature Egypt for them, you know? That's what I want to come back as.
1: <laughs> yes. Um. So the Crescent Hotel is America's most haunted hotel. The activity activity today is strong. And they actually have a yearly, what's the word I'm looking for, where a bunch of people get together and meet? Convention. Oh, convention. Yeah. Yes, um, of paranormal hunters once a year that all come and stay at the hotel at the same time and do, man, yeah, it's, it's.
0: Uh... That whole town is just so cute and they have all the natural springs everywhere mm-hmm. and so they have like little areas where you can sit next to where the spring's coming out the side of the fucking mountain because it's all hilly and shit like that but it's so cute just to walk around but I'm 10 times more thrilled knowing that I might come across a ghost. Oh.
1: Uh- legit like that's where dreams come true
0: and they had a spa but it was weirdly in the basement
1: uh fuck that because that's where all the dead cancer people
0: are so like imagine getting a massage and then your massage therapist walks in the room
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) Exactly. that's the best massage i've ever had and then she's like hi my name's sarah i'll be doing your massage and i'm like uh Uh... so do i have to pay for the one from the ghost (laughs) (laughs) I just wonder why your hands were so cold. (laughs) Cold hands, warm heart. Right. (laughs) Here you go, Jennifer. Here's a little follow-up. Many paranormal investigators have come to believe that limestone has a special ability to absorb and release electromagnetic and psychic energies. (laughs) Crescent Mountain, the hilltop the hotel sits on is predominantly limestone. And the massive 18-inch stone stones used for the body of the hotel were also made of limestone as well these factors may very well contribute to the abundant paranormal activity the hotel guests experience
0: yep 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 it, it feels weird in there because like it has one elevator and then you have these stairs that kind of like go in a square up so you're able to look down and stuff but there are like parts of it that you feel like like you aren't supposed to be there like it's not a hotel you yeah. know what I mean? Like you're intruding on somebody's space. Right. It's it's weird. I didn't see anything. Uh, my aunt Shannon and my cousin Hannah, shout out. <laughs> they took me on a little tour. They were like, because they were buying a home there. And they're like, we're going to stay the night before we close on the house. Because this is going to be awesome. Maybe <laughs> we'll <be able> to <laughs> see some ghosts. I'm like, that's why you're my family. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Part of the mystery unsolved, there's a reoccurring phenomenon. Phenomenon that happens in a spot on the third floor where the hotel connects to the annex built onto the hotel when it was a hospital. This area has said to be a portal to the other side. Multiple guests have grown faint with a few passing out briefly at the same stop on the nightly ghost tour with no reasonable explanation. The occurrences go in spurts, many happening over several weeks or months and then none for some time. Guests suddenly turn pale Falling against the wall and sliding down the wall into a faint. Although loss of consciousness does not last very long and complete recovery is immediate, it tends to further substantiate the hotel's legendary supernatural connection to the paranormal. Ooh. Yeah. So we're going to go to that spot so I can see if Jennifer's already <laughs> pale. So I won't really be able to tell if she goes pale. <laughs> like, Jennifer, what, what different shade of pale? <laughs> How much wider can you get? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reports continue from the days of being a hospital. There's been quite an uptick in activity in the morgue. I think we have. Hold on, stir- where's
0: the morgue at? I the bet basement. You that's where the damn spa was. The basement. God yes. Damn it. Yes. One should be like, hold on, let me pull this uh this thing out of my refrigerator, <laughs> and it's like uh,
1: <laughs> it's one of those where they used to body store drawers. bodies. <laughs> They're like, we have some bottles of wine, and they pull out the morgue. <laughs> it's like. Mm. Also, at the same time, though, I'd be like. <laughs> I probably wouldn't pass up the wine. I'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. You live once. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> I'm going to need to be a little shit face to deal with these ghosts, okay?
1: <laughs> I can check this off on my never have I ever. When we play that game, people are like, never have I ever drank wine out of a morgue drawer. I'd be like, hmm.
0: <laughs> I have. Put a finger down if you ever drank wine out of a morgue drawer and got uh, a massage by a ghost. Boop. <laughs> 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 Bitches. Also, I mean basically the cure to cancer <laughs> it's alcohol
1: <laughs> yeah call me mr doctor thank you <laughs> <laughs> mr dr jennifer thank you <laughs> they think they have stirred things up a bit with discovery of the remains says deborah the duchess manager of the nightly ghost tours referring to the 2019 uncovering of a secret bottle grave of the crescent's most fam- infamous resident owner norman baker a certified archaeological dig found hundreds of bottles of Baker's secret formula, as well as jars containing medical specimens that had been surgically removed from patients. Mm. They found that shit in the hotel.
0: Shit. Legit. And then they messed around with it. And if we yes. all have seen a Go show,
1: construction makes shit pop off. Yes, 100%. <laughs> in that creepy as hell, they found bottles of his fucking mm. juice. Down his there, juice. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it because that shit was not a cure. No, it's not <laughs> a cure. <laughs> so all it was was some juice. It's his hunch punch. It's a
0: hunch <laughs> that it might cake.
1: I wonder how strong of. that alcohol is. Now it's been down there fermenting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Watermelon seeds and tea.
1: oh yeah, shit. Just smell it and you'll be drunk. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't drink it now, no. but
0: I've drank a lot of things in my life. But it probably won't be that. <laughs> will not be
1: that. One hundred percent let you dare me. Double dog dare me. Triple dog dare you. Done.
0: Give <laughs> the bottle. Now we have to.
1: Yeah, yeah have to. <laughs> uh, a dark figure has been seen recently in the morgue, and there has been an increase in cold spots and reports of people being touched. I have mixed feelings on being touched by a ghost, but as long as it doesn't want to hurt me, we can, like, high-five and shit. <laughs> but...
0: <laughs> I love that. I mean, as long as it doesn't hurt me, we can high-five. Yeah. <laughs> I'll even give you a hug. I feel like that's something Emma would say. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Uh,
1: Year-round, the hotel hosts paranormal thrill-seekers. Over 35,000 of these ghost hunters will take the tour annually. The interest has spurred an entire community of paranormal enthusiasts who participate in a Facebook group called the Crescent Hotel Ghost Tours. Over 5,000 members from across the country have shared thousands of their photos and paranormal experiences while visiting the hotel. If you can't sleep one night, get on Facebook, check out all the creepy ass pictures that people have taken there. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, that'll help you sleep real good. <laughs> we're gonna end up doing that while we're there. You know that, right, Lee? Oh. We're gonna we're gonna be reading about it. I so I stayed at the La Concha in Key West, and that's the oldest, tallest building. I think it's like four stories. It's Key West prime hurricane area. Yeah. And one night I couldn't sleep. And so I was like, I wonder if there should be ghosts in this hotel. And we were close to an elevator and they're like, and on this floor, this guy on New Year's Eve, he was trying to back into the elevator with like a tray of like dishes and stuff from the party upstairs. And the elevator didn't match the shaft. And so it was just literally doors open, open shaft. And he fell down. And I'm like, and of course my room's right by the goddamn <laughs> You I definitely did, didn't sleep that night. You didn't go out there
1: and see if he was out
0: there? Girl, Wait, I don't know what I would do. Could you be... <laughs> <laughs> I would have went out there. <laughs> <laughs> we did go on a badass ghost tour. At the end of the ghost tour, the guy had holy water. And then I guess they take eggshells and they crush them up. And then it makes them into a powder. And you can put it on you to keep you safe from ghosts and everything. I'm just hmm.
1: rubbing the shit out of those eggshells. <laughs> You know, dousing myself I in it. Don't want to go on a ghost tour that requires holy water because I feel like those are some evil fucking spirits. I want friendly ghosts. I want chill ones like tidying yes, my fair. room. This one bitch tidies your room. Yeah, can she pack my luggage? Right. I'm cool with that. Massage ghost therapist. Okay with that. Down. Evil spirits. I gotta douse with holy water. Not okay no for
0: me, dog. Snow <laughs> so, for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you go on to their website you can see a picture that was recently taken in the ballroom and 100 there is a ghost in the background i am going to pull it up real fast and show it to Mm-mm. do you I see, see it, it now like the sleeve like uh-huh the, yeah Mm-mm. almost looks like you can see a tie yeah Mm-mm. yeah super creepy so yeah that
0: back view of the hotel i can't show you because i can't take the thing off there's that (laughs) red awning at the top i did go out in that area well i mean i didn't go out out because you know i'm fucking scared shitless of heights (laughs) (laughs) i was just like kind of glancing over (laughs) so like we went up to that floor i think that's the highest and then we walked down the stairs but up in that that hallway where that awning is is where like they have all the historical pictures and newspaper clippings, which I mean, obviously was not going to stop and read a shit ton of that. Right? I'm the worst one to take to a damn museum.
1: Look at the shadow in mm. the back. That's room two eighteen where Michael is.
0: I need to go back to the tidy in room lady. Like, come on, <laughs> you better be leaving some chocolate on my pillow.
1: But even on their website, which um, oh oh, that one's really creepy. Oh, that's. Oh, never mind. It's a person. A real person. <laughs> I, thought if, <laughs> I thought. I was like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's creepy.
0: Oh, no. It was just a regular person. They just happened to have a <laughs> scurry. Just scurrying.
1: But there's tons of stuff people posted and there's Some
0: creepy stuff, man. <laughs> That's not a far trip. I mean, it's like nine, ten hours. Yeah. You're working on the weekends. I could take a couple days off It's summertime. We slow as shit. Yeah, girl, we go. I will talk to my Aunt Shannon tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I'm le- I'm for real.
1: JJ will never go and stay here with me. What? Oh, no.
0: Jimmy, would you do it? <laughs> He's like, yes, I would. We'll take our little speaker microphone thing that we took with us. To JJ enjoy. is
1: not like, well, I mean, he might go and stay. He just wouldn't like go on any adventures and go up to like the area where people pass out and shit.
0: He would be the one to pass out, though.
1: He would. That's <laughs> why we have to That's like. That's why he'd be like, nah, dog. If I get him drunk enough, I can get him to do anything. I I'll, Oh, he did tell me the other day. He was like, uh, we're sitting down the back porch. And he said, I really want to watch Joan of Arc. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, Jennifer really got me interested in it when oh. I guess he like just recently listened to that episode because he's caught up. So I'm like, what did you go? I think he went back to ones he might have missed. And yeah. so he's like, really wants to go watch. He was like, because I watched it before. He's like, and I'm pretty sure it talks about that guy in the movie. And they made him seem like he was a really good guy. And Jennifer's podcast, he was not a good guy. <laughs> I said, well, I think when he was with Jonah Bark, he was good. Yeah. He like converted and was good for a while. When she
0: when she died, that's when it then all he went, went downhill. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I love him so much. So, I know I do too. <laughs> all right. So that was my ghost story. Now it's time
0: for Jennifer. Well, the cool thing about mine is it's another place I've been to. <laughs> nice. We had actually already recorded a ghost episode before I left town and we had this little break and everything. And I was like, well, I'm going to be going to this place and I'm going to start my ghost hunting career, <laughs> starting at <it> officially. <laughs> so what I'm going to be talking about is the Devil's Den ghost. And that's in Gettysburg. We went to a couple places and we did a lot of recording uh, we went to independence hall we didn't record there because i mean just constitution ship i don't think anybody was like anything real brass tacks happening you know mm. i don't know it was old white men in charge of the country maybe wearing wigs
1: <laughs> doing weird shit <laughs> doing weird shit get freaky <laughs> with the wigs
0: um and then we also visited east state penitentiary and we also visited gettysburg so like i know we're gonna talk i'm gonna try to do an episode of Um, all these ghosts that I might have encountered, but I don't think I did. (laughs) Bummer. So at the end of this episode, we're going to include my recordings from when I was huffing and puffing around the hills (laughs) of goddamn Gettysburg because everything is fucking uphill. (laughs) It was beautiful, but it did definitely make me understand better about like the whole layout of everything because obviously it doesn't look the same as it did as it's described right so you have devil's den which is like a formation of rocks and then they have the slaughter pen and then you go up this hill and it's little round top so that's where most of the story happens but i wanted to start off with like this really good quote (laughs) that i came across no normally we don't have quotes for these but i'm going to do my best southern accent i'm so excited some mother may yet be patiently waiting for the return of her boy whose bones lie bleaching, unrecognized and alone between the rocks at Gettysburg. And that was Alexander Gardner, Civil War photographer.
1: That was fucking amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I know.
0: That's all I've been reading. Everything I've read it's like that is that voice that's coming in my head.
1: If anybody needs a Southern gentleman woman to mr. Uh, doctor and their new movie coming out or anything i got your girl <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be so rich hit her up on too close to home podcasts <laughs> like
0: follow subscribe <laughs> <laughs> so my sauce to start off how stuff works which is funny that i got information about this off that site oh
1: yeah i didn't give my sources we'll give you, you want to give yours real quick go ahead okay
0: wikipedia of course National Park Service, Devil's Den, and Waymarking.com, TheDeadHistory.com, and (laughs) CivilWarGhost.com. Like I said, it's a a rocky formation, and it's kind of like a little bit of a maze. I could not walk up into it because it's, quote-unquote, under construction, which you would think, how is a rock formation under construction? (laughs) There are so many visitors to Gettysburg, and there was like a path that you could walk through it and it had become slick and dangerous so they're actually building stairs and safety mm. ramps and shit like that. But, uh, of course, these rocks were around way long before the Civil War. It was formed with Little Round Top to the east-northeast and Big Round Top, southwest, by a periglacial frost wedging of the ingenious landform formed 200 million years ago when a diabase still intruded through the Triassic-Gettysburg Plain. I don't know what any of that means, but... Thanks for that
1: geography lesson.
0: I know. You're welcome. <laughs> the, throughout the 1800s and before, they believed that the crevices between the boulders actually belonged to a big-ass snake. The snake was purportedly 8 to 15 feet in length, which is real precise. Totally. It might be 2 inches, might be 30. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, it's what every man says. <laughs> <laughs> and they called him the devil... Thus, the formation's name was formed, Devil's Den. Some of the soldiers' accounts use the name Devil's Cave, and a depression on the boulder that collects water actually resembles a flying flying horned bat. Not creepy at all. It does sound like my vibe, though. <laughs> was also said to be a spot of a Native American skirmish called Battle of the Crows, which I tried to find more information about it, but you know also was a little worn out of all this information. And then this is my favorite. I love when I'm writing notes during, like, research and everything. I said, the Civil War. I did the research, so you didn't have to. (laughs) We all know about the Civil War, but we also know that we fell asleep during some of those classes. Didn't care. We were snot-nosed teenagers. I mean, I get it. It's important shit. I know there was a
1: Civil War, and that's
0: about it. But, like, it's just so daunting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's not like something, a Fifteen-year-olds going to be super stoked to learn about. True. Um, so I just kind of, kind of condensed down what kind of happened to make this a uh, important part of Gettysburg. On July second, eighteen sixty-three, more than one hundred and sixty-five thousand Union and Confederate troops strategically gathered around the twenty-four hundred-person town of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The battle that took place over three blood-soaked days would claim more than 7,000 lives and tally an astounding 51,000 casualties, which are dead, wounded, and missing people. The Battle of Devil's Den was particularly intense and complicated by the unusual topography. This town is, like, very neat to visit. It is very touristy in, like, the downtown area, but what's cool is you can walk through, and I'll post pictures, I think I've even got pictures of the Crescent Hotel. I'll post those too. Nice. <laughs> but uh, you could be walking along and there's brick walls that have been around. And they will be like little plaques saying this one's been around since the Civil War. And there's bullet holes in oh, the wow. brick still. So it was very like wild. And you'll be driving all through Gettysburg. And there will be these houses that people are living in. And they were com- they were Civil War hospitals where they weren't really a hospital to begin with. They were someone's farmhouse, and they were like, shit, we got wounded. Throw them in here. <laughs> Single-handedly, yeah. all the ghostly spots. So uh, we did try to take some recordings there, but I don't think we, anything panned out for that either. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. We did look crazy talking to our hand the whole time. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> the Devil's Den was held by Union Artillery and Infantry, which, with snipers in particular. And the barricade is located at the top of Devil's Den along the ridgeline, which is a nice upwards walk. (laughs) And I was real fat for that. (laughs) There's a dirt path that winds through the rocks until arriving at the top of the barricade. On the second day of battle, some 5,500 Confederates from Major General John Bell Hood's division drew upon Devil's Den. Hood himself was wounded during the fight by shell fragments and he remained lame the rest of his life, which I mean, feel like that's an afterthought. Like if I get wounded in battle, please don't say I'm lame for the rest of my (laughs) life. Joined by first Texas, third Arkansas and the 44th and 48th Alabama brigades. The intense fighting began. Brigadier general, John Henry Hopert Ward of the union called for his 99th Pennsylvania regiment as reinforcements. However, a second wave of Confederates fell upon them from several Georgia regiments. After severe fighting, Confederate sharpshooters captured three Union guns, all the while the 40th New York and 6th New Jersey Union regiments joined the battle in an area near the Devil's Den called the Slaughter Pen. I walked through the Slaughter Pen not knowing that's what it was. Oh, jeez. So, like, we were up by Little Round Top, and I was looking at a map, and there's not... It's not like a mall you're going to stop <laughs> and see these signs that like you are here he really shocking. i'm having to look at like google maps and the national park service has an app too but it's like an audio tour self-guided and it takes you in a certain direction but i really wanted to get down to devil's Den, so i'm like it's right over here i started walking and then i kept walking down this hill and down this hill and then <laughs> i realized It was so far that I knew I wouldn't want to walk back. So I made everybody stop, go back to the cars and bring them. around. (laughs) But to get to that, I had to walk through this like real marshy area. And that's the slaughter pit. Mm -hmm. And so it's like super muddy. So you think all these troops coming in, converging Mm -hmm. and fighting, and it's not flat. It's full of like these big, huge boulders and rocks and everything. So it's like just throwing up extra tough. To, yeah. to, to do blood everywhere guts people crying for the mamas and shit
1: yeah for real
0: <laughs> so once the union retreated confederates took devil's den and one by one confederate sharpshooters began fighting at fe- firing at federals on little round Top, picking them off one by one this battle was considered a confederate victory but we all know the south did not rise again and eventually the <laughs> united states became whole again after their loss of the civil war In total during this battle, there was 467 killed, 1,600 wounded, 500 missing in action. There is some like interesting photos of that battle site because as we know, photography was kind of like getting, that was one of the first battles that in American history that they were able to capture a photography of. And you'll see like there's one super famous one of like a Confederate and Union soldier, like dead next to each other. Well, they ended up taking like the dead Confederate soldier dragging his corpse over. <laughs> so they just took all these crazy ass photos and stuff. It's real wild. You have all this and people laid out there for days. It wasn't like everybody was immediately buried and everybody died a very harsh, rough death. And if anybody knows anything, that's perfect. ghost soup. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the hauntings in an article from the Harrisburg Telegraph in 1939 stated that there was a report of someone seeing two men walking on the side of the road that appeared to be injured. The person stopped the car to see if they needed help and noticed that they were carrying rifles and were dressed in stained and bloody old fashioned military uniforms. The men told the good Samaritan that their friend needed help and was propped up on a nearby tree. He walked with them to the tree and saw the man lying there with an obvious chest room, chest wound. He told the men he would drive to the nearest gas station and call for help. When he got to the gas station, the attendants said, don't bother going back for help. They won't be there. They're the restless dead of Gettysburg. <laughs> By the end of the battle, the over 2,600 men had been slaughtered in the area in and around Devil's Den and such aptly named natural sites as the Slaughter Pen and Bloody Run, which is actually called a It was a creek. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was so much blood, they called they it did. Bloody Run. Okay. Just feels like like biohazard.
1: <laughs> Many of the a- visitors going more with sad and scary and haunted. And, <laughs> and I'm Jennifer like, well, that's biohazard. <laughs> that's disgusting. Don't you know about <laughs> bloodborne illnesses? I do, I do.
0: <laughs> Many of the visitors to the area report that their cameras, video cameras, and phones suddenly won't turn on or take pictures. And then they'll move on to a different spot only for them to turn back on and start working completely normal. Did not experience that myself. Damn. I know.
1: So upset. Although if it had happened, I would have been super pissed. <laughs> were you really feeling with all your energy? You wanted to see some ghosts or were you a little scared? No, I really wanted to see it. But it was like,
0: it's hard to look at it and be scared of the area you're in because now it's just fucking beautiful rolling hills and trees and valleys. See, and- you didn't have the... I didn't vibe. Ha- I didn't have the vibe <laughs> to get <laughs> any in. ghosts. No, I and mean, if it had been nighttime though, I think I would have been fucking scared shitless.
1: Can you go down there at night?
0: I don't know if you can. And I, I think it closes at sundown, but I think there are tours that you can go on, but they're guided and I think they're on a bus or whatever, which I mean buses run through there all day. It's not you drive into Gettysburg without realizing you fucking drive into <laughs> Gettysburg. It's just this is a battlefield over here, and here's some monuments, and here's some more monuments. And you hear about every single one of these regiments because all their monuments are all throughout the park. Mm. A frequent sighting at the Devil's Den area is that of a disheveled man. He's barefoot wearing shabby clothes and a floppy hat. And he often walks up to people and tells them, what you're looking for is over there as a helpful guide to what the visitor is looking for. He then promptly disappears, leaving those that have encountered him bewildered. The odd ghost has a name for himself as the helpful hippie. Sounds like my dad. (laughs) Thought to be a spirit of a Confederate Texas soldier, this ghost has been captured in photographs going as far back as the 1970s. He's even shown up in pictures that didn't detect him when initially snapped. Did you get a picture of him? No, I did not. Also, I was very distraught because I did not know where things were. I was like trying to figure out where the slaughter pen was, you know, because there's not a ton of signage. And I'm like... I even said to the recorder, I'm like, I keep hoping for this ghost to pop out to tell me what the fuck I'm looking for because I'm (laughs) obviously lost. the helpful hippie?
1: (laughs) Apparently he ain't helpful today. Not today.
0: There are several reports of ghostly apparitions appearing right in front of tourists at the devil's den, but as soon as they try to snag a photo, their devices will flicker and die. One ghost known as the ghost rider is known to often wander near the den. He will materialize instantaneously, accompanied by the sounds of gunfire and shouting, and then he'll f- vanish as quickly as he appeared, leaving few clues to his true identity. Which, that sounds like, a um, what is that haunting called? Where it's more like a memory frozen in time? Mm. Like you have intelligent hauntings where like the ghost is trying to interact or whatever, and then there's ghosts that are like, it's like a loop. They were playing this loop for the rest of eternity, you know? Oh, God. Like a certain moment that was just so pinnacle. It feels like it's that. Like he doesn't even know. Oh, okay,
1: yeah.
0: You know, another chilling story comes from a young woman who was climbing the rocks, rocks with her friend. As she rounded one of the large boulders, a hand reached up from a fissure and grabbed her ankle, which I'd be like, no dog. At <laughs> Looking down, she saw a young man in a Civil War era uniform. I'd be like, sir, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: What is this about? <laughs> I don't want to die with you. Let me go.
0: Things, but no things. <laughs> Screaming, she looked up for a friend, but just as quickly as she yelled for help, the entity disappeared. Scouring the area, no one was around who even remotely fit the description of what she
1: saw. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, like, oh, that's just Bobby. Where's the Civil War uniform wandering around <laughs> down here? <laughs> the whole t- Oh my God, did I just have a great idea that we dress up in Civil War uniforms and just pop out from <sighs> behind rocks and
0: say <laughs> stuff to people? I was
1: hoping that with
0: Jimmy's like whole beard and hair do thing that he's got going on. He's got these like long mutton chops like eighteen hundred style. And I was like, this this could be a lure for ghosts because they'll think you're one of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've got the whole facial facade going on. Didn't work. I was like, God damn it. Haven't put on his old army uniform. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I was just too ready for ghosts that they were like, oh, this bitch needs to
1: calm down. <laughs> She's going to try to like put me in her suitcase and take me home. Put me on a podcast. <laughs> right. It was, It She's was... too much. <laughs> it
0: did get eerie at one point. Like, so I walked all the way to the top and then Camilla and my sister-in-law, Emily, they started walking down because I was going to try to walk this trail that I found. Well, it dead-ended to, into like... The construction area so i started walking back around and everything would get like quietly still and there was a there was thunder in the background kind of and like storms kind of moving in that's the only time i think during the whole visit at the park that i was like Ooh, spooky. <laughs> spooky spaghetti <laughs> but hopefully I, I can compile some more of these stories of you know gettysburg and I really want to talk about Eastern state penitentiary, something awful because mm. that place did give me the Oogie Boogie. So, yeah, but that's the story of the devil's den.
1: Fun.
0: <laughs> so as soon as things are, you know, as soon as we shout out at the end, you guys definitely st- stick around for the recording, the little bit of my time at the devil's den. I don't think I hear any ghosts, but if you do let me know
1: mm. for show, I hope I do
0: <laughs> in other news. Uh, if you guys love our podcast, don't forget on the platform that you listen to, rate and subscribe. We would really appreciate it so we can spread the sickness that that is Becky and Jen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we recently hit over a thousand followers on Facebook. And whoop, I want to say whoop, whoop, whoop. thank you guys. Yes, thank you. It, it truly is one of the things that we really enjoy. We love doing this podcast. We do. We were bond. we had to miss some time uh, for a little bit there, but we had, you know, life goes on. You know, yeah, but we we got finished
1: school. My kid broke his collarbone. Sickness running through the houses
0: over here. Yeah, shoot. So people trying to kill themselves. You know that didn't really happen to us, but like you know, just yeah. drama, drama. Yeah. But things are kind of settling down. And whenever you're trying to get into like that summer schedule with your mm-hmm. kids, you moms know. That shit's tough. It is. You have to add, like, buy more snacks and shit, and then you have to hear I was sitting there yesterday trying to have a meeting with my boss, and she's just like, in the background.
1: We're fixing to make a Sam's run and load up for all these children that eat all my food and (laughs) my money.
0: (laughs) It's a day for Costco.
1: (laughs) Costco got too much organic shit. I'm not about that life. I'm not buying in bulk because I want 100 million organic carrots. That's not who I am.
0: I like, uh, I can't eat it now, but they have this sandwich at Costco, and it's like ham, not ham, turkey, provolone, pesto mm. on a ciabatta bun, mm. and it's like toasted, and that shit is chef's kiss. Yum. I can't even eat that anymore, but 10 out of 10, my favorite thing in all of Costco. <laughs> Yum. You buy it
1: in like, like the frozen section, or is it like at oh, the Oh, no, bakery? it's at the, like,
0: the the food court with the hot dogs and shit. Mm
1: sounds delish
0: we'll have to make a costco run and get you one of them things
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but
0: uh also we got swag now yes we do and it's really nice like we um went through this company that usually does it for like people trying to fundraise and stuff Mm -hmm. and so we picked out some like quality shirts and everything and so it's not even like vinyl on shirts it's like sublimation so it's very nice, very comfy. I just got mine the other day. I ordered another one. <laughs> so if you guys feel like helping out, you know, everything that we you do. It,
1: support us. Yeah, Everything us. we do
0: is free. You know, you do not have to buy. You don't
1: have to do any of that. Also, uh, I noticed while we're sitting here, we're both wearing shirts from other podcasts today. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm wearing last podcast. She's wearing Don't Go Out There.
1: Shout out, holla. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been nice
0: talking about ghosts with you.
1: It has. And in the meantime, I need all of you to stay safe.
0: Keep your head on swivel.
1: And don't bring it too close to home. And if you do... Get video of the ghosts.
0: Please let us know. Yes. Tell us how they touched you. Show us on the doll where they hurt you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> I was trying to get a picture first. going. at the Devil's Den, under construction. Smell of porta potty in the air. (laughs) The beauty of the orange construction webbing to keeping us at bay from the rocks that are apparently perilous and slippery. Took a nice little nature's walk, very cool. Don't feel anything spooky yet. If there's some ghost here, let me know oh yeah they're building a little bridge up there or they're probably redoing it probably. Ooh, i wouldn't want to die over there son mm-hmm. Think they didn't even have none of this fancy ass walking shit, like uh, bridges oh, yeah. and shit back yeah. in those days Dad, you guys I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the slaughter pin was they said the slaughter slaughter pin is still open Watch it be up and around the fucking drive. Shit, <laughs> yeah, fucking that would be double two. too. Uh, a word of note that um, the map isn't the best for Gettysburg, so you might end up doing a lot of unnecessary hiking. And oh, there's the end of it. So I think it's the between little or big round top. I don't know. The medium rock. Medium rock. <laughs> Yeah, we can walk up there. We can also drive up there. Oh, goddammit. Because this is the way out. Yeah, well, we're not gonna... go out that way. We, yeah. What's that say up there? Mom, what? Yeah. I did that! I will say... I can- Brigade thing. Oh, so it's like you could park up there, I think. So where's the slaughter pin? I don't know what that. Oh, I bet you that's what that is. (sighs) Oh yeah, that has to be it.
1: You're braving, and you can feel how cold it's getting too.
0: It's very creepy. in the <laughs> It's quiet. Dark clouds on the horizon. Look, there's a little path this way. Go back to go. Go back to bed. The cold is starting to come through. Anyone here with us? I was hoping that soldier that they say appears and tells you what you're looking for. Because I am currently looking for something at the moment. And he's not up here. So, hoax? I don't know. Hey! Jimmy! I'm walking up there and then I'm coming back down. It's too steep for mom. Come on, Camilla. Stay with me, girl. Want to walk right in front of us. Just stay to the right. That way we can let you know if the car coming. Go Go ahead, baby girl. Go ahead. You gotta dandelion? in the line? Go ahead. Gotta be in the line. Dina. Dine in the line? Yeah. Hey Elise, it's it'll be easy going down. Oh yeah. I just thought about that. Oh man, this is going to suck going back. No, we're going downhill mega tires. That, 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 the optimization tower? Yeah. Look at that Ooh, somebody took the net down. Ooh. Mm. There they are. Come on, look. Get in front of us, babe. <laughs> Ooh, a bird is across the line. Um, I'm going to go down that trail. Take a picture. Rec- I'm not going to, like, walk, because... I love me and I don't want to die. But like right there? But I need pictures. How dare they write this down? This would be a good strategic spot though. Uh. Okay, no, I'm not going to do that. They're working on it. Just kidding. They're here. (laughs) Can we get on this side of the road, please? The trees under construction too, apparently. How are we Hi, how are you? Alright. Yeah. Get some exercise. Absolutely. Get them steps in. That's
1: right. We're gonna go down Yeah. Okay,
0: this is the way out, we have to the park. Mommy, can we go up there and then you read that? Oof, that's a little uphill girl. Because then we I can know about why it. is it called drag... Uh, de- Devilston. Devil's Den. So, a long time ago, the Native Americans believe there was a snake, a huge snake that lived here, in between the rocks. Didn't you see that, like, horseshoe thing down, down there? I did! No? No, I'll show it to you on our way down. How do you even get it? Oh, right there. Oh yeah, we gotta get a picture from there. And then that's as far as I'm going up. Oh, Is that for the faint of heart? I don't ever get my cardio in. Brooke Hurts, it's at a different elevation.
1: Whew. You got this, Jen. You
0: got this, Mom. I got an ingrown toenail. The Hurts. Use, use your string. Wow. Worth it, though. I'm to do this you want to put your hat on? Or is it too windy? There. All right. All right, let me see if I have enough signal. Guys, we need to stop here. Off to the right, I could um, I could see like a horseshoe or a snake-looking thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mila, stay over here.
1: This side. Father's Den,
0: what we walk through. It. The Father's Den is what we walk through. Yeah. Oh, so n- because we have a van point there and a yeah. van point here. Are going to go
1: what? Hold on.
0: We are. So I am overlooking, and if you can hear the construction in the background, I'm overlooking Devil's Den with this creepy ass tree that is also under construction, looking towards Little Round Top. And the valley below is the Devil's Den, and unknowingly, I actually walked through that. Um, it is quite muddy, so I'm gonna go back down there, do a little bit more recording right there. All right, let's do this. Should we? I wonder what this little trail is. I wonder if it's like too steep. I'm gonna take a peek. Don't twist an ankle, please. Wait, no. Smilla. I'm just going to go right here. Okay. Go to that little plaque that way. Yeah. I wonder if it's just this plaque right here. I think the trail goes all the way down, but why don't you two go that way and I'll go this way. Okay. That way, just in case. That way, now all of us are having to come up. Camilla, go with Emily. Hold her hand. All right, guys. Going solo for this part. Coming down the side of the devil's den. Fucking smell, sounding like fucking snakes and everything coming after me, no big deal. Oh, it's a trail, yeah. Okay, going back up. Good. Well, at least not all of us are having to go. All right, back up this hill just to go back down again. Homegirl, fat. Woo. All right. Can you imagine the revelry? As this was the win for the Confederates at this site.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> Emily! any Union soldiers, any Confederate soldiers, not picky, although I'm highly creeped out. So as confirmed, okay, so I'm headed back down around the edge of Devil's Den, headed back down to the Slaughter Pen, see if I can get anybody to talk to me. It's a really weird, eerie stillness in the air. Soldiers here, let us know. It's just my little footsteps. Headed back down towards the Silver Pin, and as there's a little light sprinkle in the air. And I keep waiting for the soldier who tells people what they're looking for to pop out because for a hot 10 minutes there, I was not sure where I was going, what I was doing. I've been walking all over this goddamn valley, so my foot hurts, but definitely worth it. Headed back down to the slaughter pen, see if I can get anything down there. It's so much easier going downhill than it is uphill, though, you guys. Mama's too fat for that. Coming down to the base of the Devil's Den, the opening that they supposed um, Indigenous Americans snake, which is the origin behind it, is um, not clearly visible, but. come a bay besides that it's so eerily quiet the wind will go and then it'll stop okay so there's devil's den that's a little round top this is a slaughter pen and I didn't realize it I as I was coming through, but.
1: I was actually climbing some of these rocks.
0: <laughs> did you uh, feel anything?
1: It's, it's hard to explain.
0: Like, because, like, I am hungry after all. <laughs> but I don't know, some of these sites, like, just, I don't know, been feeling queasy. But. I will say, when we got to the top, and you get to the top of the side and everything, it, walks, it winds up, and then there's another monument where you can overlook everything mm-hmm. between there and there. It has got really still quiet, and the darkness just kind of rolled in, and it yeah. was just weird feeling. Yeah, I got some, I took a lot of pictures, um, you know, the whole like thing. Oh, I mean, can it pick you up all right here? Yeah. Uh, of course it's starting to rain right when I wanted to go to the, um, slaughter pen. That's what me and Emily walked through, and I could see why they call it the slaughter Pit. And it was really muddy and dense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was climbing, it's like a little valley. I was climbing up and through some of these rocks, there's so many little crevices and shit in there. I bet uh, you there's some bones still there too. I mean, I was trying to eyeball stuff. <laughs> I thought Is I our car it? unlocked so they can get in? Should be. I think I saw like a looked like an old glass bottle or something. Couldn't really tell. <laughs> I don't know, it's just something... I've been here a
1: few times now and uh...
0: Yeah, not fun of just in case. It's hard to explain, like even with the uh, birds going off, starting to rain a little bit, there's still, like you said, there's like a very eerie silence to it all. Yeah. I don't know. And we're not supposed to go that way, but we need to go that way. So one last little recording before uh, we run out. There's bloody run right here. It's called plum run really, but in uh, this the solder Pit, but did walk through it earlier, didn't feel anything, did see a lot of water. Zero so out of ten on ghost. 10 out of 10 for views. If you enjoyed this episode of Too Close to Home, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on most platforms. Follow us on our social media at Too Close Home Pod on Facebook, at Too Close Podcast on Instagram, or if you have your own Too Close to Home experience, shoot us your story at Home at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.